You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome to the Spark Influence Podcast. Hello, baby. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? Good. I am excited because today we're going to talk about taking time to reflect and assess our progress. It's We can set goals in the new year, but if we're not looking at what we've accomplished and celebrating the wins or readjusting to pivot in another direction when things aren't going well, then it won't go very well for us. Today, I want to talk about the things that we can do to take time to reflect our progress, to really analyze the things that we're doing and where we want to go. I always like to start with the end in mind. So so what, where is it that we want to go together as a couple? Where do we want to go with our family? And how do we want to grow in our business? Yeah, the new year seems to be a place where people want to like set up and figure out what we're going to do for the year. But it's really, it should really be no different. Like it, that shouldn't be a change in how you operate just because the calendar's rolled over. I think a good business activity that occurs for large corporations that is really, really helpful uh, for family businesses or couples or a family in general is sort of like what they call a QBR, which is a quarterly business review. That is looking at your business, analyzing the services you use, the things you pay out, the vendors you, you utilize, how the business operates from a, in the family aspect or from a couple's aspect and kind of review that. And it doesn't have to be the calendar year that resets it. It just needs to maybe happen every quarter because if you once a year is not helpful. It's too long a time span and too much can go wrong within a year, but a quarter is pretty good. Three months, you can do a lot of change in analysis and say, where are we, is this, are we aligned with our goals? Are we still moving towards our goals? Have we deviated from that? Are there things that we're doing that are hindering us from growing and going? Or are there things that are really helping accelerate us? And should we double down on those things and move forward? Or are there things that we're doing that are just wrong? And should we just drop them and just, you know, kind of take a different direction? All of that activity can happen in these type of meetings. And it's super beneficial. Yeah, I agree. I think regularly, and I think that's the key, is to do it often. Taking time to reflect on our progress and also to assess what is and what isn't working can help us to identify areas of growth and development. And all month on the Spark Influence podcast, that's what we're talking about, is we're talking about ways that we can grow. And so you know, we can't grow if we don't know where we need to grow, right? So having a formal time to assess that and then also to encourage one another so that we can, you know, speak into each other's lives. Yeah, no, I, and I have a question for you after this, but th that point's really important because if it's sort of like if, if you have a household budget maybe, right, and you're trying to stick to that and you maybe have a a corporate budget, a, co a budget for your company. There should be other areas you're trying to get KPIs for. Like you need, what are the key performance indicators for your family and your business, right? Are we all communicating well? Do we have regular time together? Are we growing as a group? Are we worshiping as a family? Are we are we spending time on the business? Do we spend time in leisure and fun together? Like if you don't have a, some kind of dashboard that tells you that you're doing these things, you're probably not doing these things, right? And And, and that could be 
those are the indicators of, hey, we need to make some changes or we need to do some additions or subtractions to what we're doing. Those will all help out tremendously in keeping you on mission, right, and keeping you on the golden path. I wanted to ask you, so you're really good at ideation and kind of seeing how things should go. What are the things you, that you're doing in in that kind of schedule and that kind of activity? What are the things you're doing to keep yourself on mission, on point, and keeping your business aligned with what the future holds for your business? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think for me, it is sort of that long range forecasting and looking at, you know, what are things that I want to do to help to grow the business? Where do I need to cut back in my schedule if the family requires more? So really having, um, I love a, a month at a glance calendar because I can look at sort of all the big rocks, even though we have an electronic calendar, I am a paper girl when it comes to my planning because I need to see and if I see too many things in the month on the calendar that to me is a warning sign it's like woo woo danger will robbins um it's time for me to cut something back because something will has to give because between running a home and taking care of the family and laundry and dishes and all of the things that go into that as well as all of the duties and responsibilities and travel and things that we do to run our businesses and so having that long range plan and being being able to see it and then and then understanding like last year was a really busy travel year where I spoke at 18 different events and by the end of that I was ready to crash and burn and took the entire month of December off because it was too much. So, but that was a really good thing for me to learn. Like, I don't want to do that again. And so, and you've been really helpful to me as I've been planning out speaking events this year. Uh, we'll be in Pod, we'll be at PodFest in Orlando this week. And then after that, we're going to be in DC. And then I'm back in Florida again. And you were like, whoa, slow down. You've got some other things on the schedule. So you need to, you know, you need to be prepared for what's ahead and not overdo it. And so I think one, having that long range planning and then two, just that communication between each other. Like we talked about last week, we talked about having those daily stand up meetings and then longer range planning and just that constant communication as a couple, because I can run ahead of myself sometimes and go, I want to do that and do this and do all the things. And you're <laughs> like, wait a minute, you might not want to do that. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. That is very true. I, I kind of want to highlight the point you made about a physical calendar. So, you know, the, we live in a very digital world and, and, you know, I have multiple calendars for multiple clients and I have to maintain all of them. But I think as humans, we're still very rooted in like the writing and the physicality of seeing things. And even though it's fully digital, I have a notebook where I write all my notes down and, and there's, you know, there's many proven studies that show that if you kinetically write something down, your mind remembers it better. If you just create it, you know, and type it on a keyboard, it's not the same impression in your brain as if you physically wrote it down. Kind of sort of that point is having that calendar. Like it may seem antiquated, but it's like when I watch you open that up and then you look at your calendar all up, you know, even, the, even though we use the shared family calendar and we have an Apple calendar that shows the month at a glance, it's not the same impact of looking at it on a piece of paper and you're going, oh, wow, like I'm really overbooking myself here. I might need to slow this down. Uh, and I think that's, it may seem as an antiquated concept, but I think it's very beneficial because it actually sticks in your head better. It gives you something to grasp. It gives you something to interact with in a different level than, 
in a digital uh, digital calendar. So I'd really love that you do that. Thanks. I think a lot of people are really good at creating goals, especially at the beginning of a new year, but I don't know how often people are following up and tracking what they're doing so that by the end of the year, I know a lot of other people that are assessing, you know, how did this year go? But I think if we have touch points, you know, at, at different times, quarterly, monthly, whatever rhythm works for us, that I think that is so much better instead of getting to the end of the year and going, oh, I didn't accomplish nearly what I wanted to accomplish. Another question that I get a lot from people is, how do you get so much done? And I think, you know, being organized, time blocking my calendar and really planning things out and and knowing like, you know, today I've got to get these things done so that that tomorrow I can, you know, kind of here's my, what I have to get done this week. And then if I haven't got gotten that done, like rolling that over, but then making sure it's a priority. I think a lot of people make plans, but then they don't follow up. And so they don't have the progress that they want to have because they're not assessing where they are. Yeah, this is where we where we differ. Like you are you are very much a person of the immediate. Like when you you are all about, well, let's do that right now. Like I want to do this right this minute. Like I'll do that right in this minute. And well, why why not? I can't wait till Thursday. I'm gonna do it right now. Like you are very much in the immediate, in the moment. And I am I am much more of a scheduled slow burn. Like it can wait. I'll get to that. You know, in an appointment timely, you know, fashion or whatever. And we just don't have the same urgency maybe but it when people ask how do you get so much done I see that from you as you're like I'm just going to do this right and you just do 10 things now whereas I I have said you know I'm no I'm I'm, that's not happening today I'm going to do that in, or, in or I days. rapid fire at you. Oh, you I need crazy. your help with all these things right now. <laughs> you, you rattle off yesterday. I needed them done yesterday. And I'm like, you need to order these things to me. You can't just rapid fire them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I love that about you because that's what makes you. That's what's made you what you are today. Like you, because of the way you behave like that. So answer answer this for me. In how do you incorporate the your operating method, or for the people listening, how would they can incorporate your style of operating method into an organization or a family that doesn't operate that way. Like how do you reduce the friction that occurs from the way you operate to the way, say the rest of our house operates? Like Ian is not, our, our youngest son is not operate that way. He makes me look fast. Right. And so, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not the most I'm expeditious in that category. I'm more, I'm more methodical and have things ordered in my head of how they should execute how would people execute against your methodology and kind of incorporate, how would you incorporate that? Yeah, I think the first thing is to begin with the end in mind. So I'll go back to my example of our homeschooling. And when we homeschooled our our oldest son, he wanted to go into law and politics. So when he was in junior high and when he was in high school, I looked at the colleges that he potentially wanted to go to, what the requirements for those colleges were, and then considered his bent and where he wanted to go with, with what he wanted to do. And so then when he was in 
high school, I was able to put him in in economics and with lawyers to train him. And we did moot court and mock trial and model United Nations and all of these different activities in addition to being part of the honor society and serving and volunteering. I tried to help him make a total package. So when he applied to college, but that started back when we were not even in junior high yet, when we were in elementary and intermediate school, I started looking way ahead. So I think that if people would look ahead at where do you want your business to be in five years from now? Where do you want your family to be in five years from now? Where do you want your marriage to be in five years from now? And then start working backwards in all of those areas and creating goals. And it doesn't matter how you execute them, whether you do them on paper or you use electronics or or however you do it, I think that the main thing is to begin with the end in mind so that you have a trajectory and you know where to go. Okay, so that brings two things to mind, and I'll give both of them as an analogy. analogous. One is you plan for then in the now. Like you look forward to what the then will be. I think a good phrase would use Wayne Gretzky's I don't skate. They ask him why he was so good. And he said, I don't skate to where the puck is or has been. I skate to where the puck's going to be. And you plan on where things are going to be. And then you let that color your path for the now. And I think that served our family so tremendously well. Like it's, I mean, our children are evidence of, of how that occurred and what that looks like. So I think that's really, really neat. So in this analysis phase of business and family that, that, that we're talking about, what, what are some really practical sort of breakdown things that you can tell, talk to that you do that could benefit families? Having a plan, I think, I know that that sounds really silly, but having a plan, knowing what you're you're going to do, and then being able to execute on that. So if you break it down for our family on a weekly basis or or a couple weeks or months, I mean, I start planning ahead. I mean, this might sound silly, but like I had you take me shopping the other day for clothes because I knew that I was going to need certain, certain things coming up where I would want new outfits, something for a game something for a conference, something for a speaking event. And, you know, being able to knock that out months in advance, like then I don't have to worry about that going forward. Or or it could be something as simple as meal planning for the week. Bingo. Yeah. And so, you know, like I'll maybe go to the grocery store and get, you know, meals for three or four days and know what we're going to have. And then it makes it easy for me to execute because I already have that meal plan done or I've done food prep on the weekend or like we're going out of town and I'll cook ahead for the boys so that they don't have to worry about that. So so it is planning, but it's also, it, you're right. I mean, it is that looking ahead and it may not be looking ahead five or 10 years. It may just be like, what are the things we want to accomplish this this year? What can we do this month to reach that goal? What can we do next month? What are the things that we need to do this week to help us to reach our goal for the month? So, so what I hear you're saying is, and I've seen this as an example, but I'm going to alliterate it for listeners, is clearing away the daily, and I don't want to call it mundane because it's not mundane, it's life. Like, this is what we do. But you, you have a fascinating ability to clear away the daily 
activities, which can be encumbrances or barriers to the creative and the growth business, you set up ways in which you automate, accelerate, and clear those things out of the way that freeze the time. Like when we do Sunday meal prep, we'll make like nine meals on Sunday and package them all up and either stick them in the freezer or put them in the fridge and we've got the entire week prepped and like there's no cooking for the week done. That's a huge benefit. And this is like lunch and dinner. Like you're making all the meals for the day. Like we just, everybody can have shakes and bars for breakfast and then lunch and dinner sorted. That's hours of activities that are free that allow you to go forward and do those kind of things. And then you're very purposeful about grocery store runs. Like you're like, we'll go on this day and we'll do all of this and maybe go to multiple stores and get it all done at once. And then that clears that schedule up. And then you're purposeful about your interviews. I only do Thursday and Thursday. So those days are blocked and we know that nothing else happens on those days, but those interviews. And so the rest of the time is all cleared up for you to either write for our book or work, work, you know, do work for your community and for your, for, for spark media. And those things really like, it's the, you know, I, I learned this in, in, in school, which was, the tighter your schedule, the more freedom you will get. I used to think being scheduled was like this massive yoke around my neck. I'm like, I don't want to schedule that off. I, I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Like, and it took me a long time to learn that. You learned this far long, earlier than I did. Well, I learned when we were homeschooling the boys because it would have it was organized chaos, right? Wait, wait, you came to this relationship more organized than I was. Well, by, I think by that far. is girls over boys. I do think that is girls over boys. <laughs> I will agree with that point. But, I mean, once I realized, like, tightly scheduled things tr- produce tremendous amounts of free time. You know, the, when you look at really successful people, they a lot of them are time blockers. They create time blocks and says, for two hours, I'm going to do this. For two hours, I'm going to do that. For one hour, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden, your day is done and ordered, and you're like, wow, I'm finished at three, and the rest of my day is done, and I accomplished a full day's worth of work, you know, and I started. And something else you're very good at, which is starting early. Like, you are uh, wake up at six or five or four and have a couple of hours of quiet time and start the day really, really early. While the rest of the world slumbers, you can get a lot of work done, right? Those are just really, I think, key points that people need to know and understand about how you operate and how you've done your business. That's been really successful, right? You get up early, you do your quiet time, and then you, you block your day off. It's very ordered and regimented. Your phone is set to do not disturb until a very late in the day, right? So you're not bugged and bothered by things. So I adopted, I don't answer email before 10 o'clock in the morning, just because it's a, it's a black hole. Email's the most evil thing created, I think in the last hundred years. So all of those things are really tremendously helpful in, in creating this structure and regiment that produces really, really high results. And, and I think that even if you operate that way for a, as a family or a family business or as a business and a couple, the, the benefits are tremendous. Like they're far away what you think is the effort up front. Well, and I think the most important thing that you just said there is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added unto you. So it is imperative that we get up in the morning and start with that quiet time so that we can have a level set for the day. God's mercies are new every morning, um, and we can be filled before we encounter the world. Uh, but also, I think uh, time blocking to me is is really huge. I What I was saying a few minutes ago was when I learned it when I was homeschooling because I had 
uh, you know, like a high school age kid and an elementary age kid and a special needs kid who had all these therapies in different places that we had to be in addition to managing the home with meal prep and all the things and laundry and having a house full of boys and cleaning and all the things. And so I came across this program called Managers of Their Homes and she encouraged us to make 30 minute time slots and then a 30 minute time slot for each person in the family. And when I first saw it, I thought, there's no way I'm going to get these boys to do this. But it helped me to see that if I was doing something with Connor, then Jacob could be doing something with Ian. So Jacob is our oldest, Ian is our youngest, and they had nine years apart and Connor's our special needs son. So that would give me one-on-one time with our special needs son and the other boys they could spend together but it kind of gave us a rhythm for everybody to know. And even in their homeschooling, we started breakfast and Bible first. And then if we get that done, I think anything else that we get done in our day is a win. But I think it also helps to order our day. Yeah. And for the men, I'll give you my my hack, which was I'm, I'm a huge consumer of information. I read, you know, at least 50 different websites a day. I spend hours consuming news and information just because I need to stay abreast of the industry and what I'm doing and what's coming and what's kind of just what's happening. And we adopted this. I wasn't allowed. It's called Bible before news. Like I wasn't allowed to read the news until (laughs) I'd read my Bible in the morning. So, you know, my first morning blush would be like maybe load up. You know, I use aggregate news readers like Flipbook and other stuff that was, you know, aggregating all my information for me. But it was, uh, you know, know what? You can't open that. Read the Bible first. Have your quiet time. Then you can go consume news. And it was a tremendous thing. It was a great it was a great spin. So for the men out there, stop, you know, opening your phone the first thing in the morning and flipping up the news. Like, open the Bible first. Then the news is going to be there. It's not going to go anywhere. It, it's, it'll wait the hour it takes for you to consume some most relevant. It's the ultimate news book anyway. The Bible is every topic of every article of everything that's ever been covered, right? So it's uh, it's the best place to go. And I think in the world that we live in today, it's even more important that we're in tune with what the Bible says and, and what the Spirit is speaking to us. But let's get back to our topic at hand, which is assessing and analyzing, tracking even our goals and making forward progress on that. What are some ways that you track and analyze what's working and what's not working either in your business or personal life or in what we do together. Well, since I mean, I stated earlier that I write everything down in a notebook, but I also transfer those really relevant things. So we're a Mac household, right? Where all our stuff is on Apple at some point or another. And I use notes heavily to write down my transfer, my things to the notes. And then I can set up, you know, some automation around that where I need to track and understand it. But I've also used, you know, Trello and create a board for myself that then shows here's the things I need to do, here's the things I'm doing, and here's the things I've done. It's a more agile style. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with that, look it up. It's a tremendous way to operate. And then having a view of what we've done in the past and what we're doing now and be able to compare those things. I mean, I haven't, I don't think we've gotten to the point yet where I'm creating actual actual like metric dashboards for for our family <laughs> that might be a little strange to have you know how much how much uh, family time have we had where's my score <laughs> and we're like at a 86 out of 100 kind of thing but 
but uh, you you kind of need to get there because if you're we live in a digital age and things are mostly digital and people are got their face in their phone all the time, use that tech to help you enforce and do those things. And for us and for me, it's really it's comparative. How many things have I was I supposed to do that I was able to cross off and continue to do, and then how better am I at doing those things than I was in the past? And then really, really allowing myself some type of catalog of things I've done that I can reuse. Like that's a real important thing is stop reinventing the wheel. Stop redoing what you do all the time, every time. Like if you're not reusing that good content, if you're not repurposing what you've done, or if you're not leveraging that past knowledge gather and that last uh, knowledge basis, then it's, it, you're, you're, you're spinning your wheels and you, you, you can't, you can't continue in that fashion. Yeah, that's really, really good. Well, sweetie, this has been a great episode. I love talking about ways that we can help one another grow. I think, you know, learning to track our progress and creating goals with the end in mind. I think both of those are great strategies to help to move us forward in 2023 with our business, with our family and together in our marriage. I 100% agree. 